Dear Broadies, before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion in the United States. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety, and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions in this country. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans and people who live in America. Learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. You can find a list of where to donate in each state at donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. I have personally started donating to states where trigger laws go into effect immediately. Remember, even if you can only spend $1 or $5, that helps. There are things we can do to fight this, and it is going to take continued focus and community support. So I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Am I holding back because I need it to look a certain way in order for people to, um, for it to be palatable for, for everyone? Or am I like really letting it rip and seeing what comes of it when I'm fully like in reverence to my full expression? So um, it's tricky because it can be very useful and very detrimental. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pod Broads. This is a podcast about women in podcasting, and I'm your host, Alexandra Cole. Welcome back, broadies, to another episode of the Pod Broads. I know it's been a little bit longer than normal since we've been together, and that is because I had some pretty hectic pre and post weeks to the Pod Broads' very first live show, which took place on October 28th, 2021, at Star Bar in Brooklyn. It featured three guests Nora Tagori, Tiffany Ashite, and Bronwyn Isaac, and it was super fucking fun and awesome. I just want to give a brief shout out to everyone who was there. We had a great hang time after the show. And I especially want to shout out everyone who donated, which includes folks who attended and those who supported from afar. So thank you to Allie, Avery, Ilani, Cleo, Becky, Celine, Ariel, Laura, Peter, Sarah, Mark, TK, Ryan, and Rebecca. We all raised $93 for the New York Abortion Access Fund, and I just can't wait until I can do more of these and we can continue to help support them. There was also a raffle with special Podgerland and the Podbroads merch, along with a gift card to Cafe Con Libros, a feminist bookstore in Brooklyn. So all around great vibes, great people, and I can't wait to share the recording with you. So keep an eye out slash ear out as I'll have more information on where to find that as soon as possible. Now, as always, a brief shout out to the previous episode in case you missed it or are new here. And this is your first episode with me. I interviewed social entrepreneur CEO of August, a period lifestyle brand and the host of the podcast Tigress, Nadia Okamoto. We cover a lot of territory as per usual, but one of my favorite parts is how she gets into the nonprofit industrial complex and how it interacts with capitalism and also how we need to reimagine the workforce and include things like period leave. 
And there's also a piece of our conversation that feels like a perfect complement to what today's episode covers. That piece is all about boundaries, specifically between personal life and online persona and self and how to navigate that. I posed a similar question that I asked Nadia to my guests today, Lindsay Simsek and Krista Williams of the Almost 30 podcast, and they had some really helpful takeaways. I also want to share a bit about them and their podcast and community. So Almost 30 has more than 30 million downloads, and it's been hailed the best wellness podcast to listen to right now by COVID Tour and nominated for best wellness podcast and best spirituality podcast by iHeartRadio. Beyond the podcast, they host life-changing events and retreats, as well as provide courses, workbooks, and programs to assist community members in their spiritual and emotional evolution. Separate from the podcast, Krista is also the creator of It's Krista, which provides an honest take on health, wellness, spirituality, and style. And Lindsay began her career as an actress and singer in Boston and New York City, and has also been a fit model and senior soul cycle instructor. And of course, you'll hear more about their experiences in this episode. For me, I also just wanted to share that I actually first heard about them from my friend Lauren Williams, who is the host of the Imperfectly Phenomenal Woman podcast, and who was featured on episode two of season one of the Pod Broads. She had been singing their praises to me for a while, and right before I hit record with my interview with them, we were doing the same for Lauren. So shout out to Lauren. Definitely go check out her episode. Yeah, so today we get pretty deep in our conversation and honestly just have a really beautiful and eye-opening discussion around intuition, boundaries, taking responsibility, and dealing with conflict. They also share about their relationship with each other, the evolution of Almost 30, and what we might see in store for the podcast and the brand in this next year. You'll also hear about my weird experience with Energy Grid. So if that means nothing to you or something to you, I hope you'll stick around to hear it and let me know if I'm crazy or if you've also experienced it. And you'll also hear me forget to add simple syrup when I share the recipe for my favorite drink, which is honestly just a travesty. And I had to add the correction into the beginning of this episode. But first, we get to hear how Krista and Lindsay introduce and define themselves, separate from my official intro to their work that you just heard. As always, I encourage you to DM me and or tag us in your reactions to the episode. I hope you enjoy. Well, so welcome officially to the Pod Rods. Thank you so much for being here. And I normally start off with asking my guests, so we'll give each of you a chance to say who you are in your work, but then who you are outside of your work. Mm. I like that question. Um, <laughs> I feel I feel really lucky to have that like gap between the two be very, very, very like. I can't even identify it because I feel like we get to be ourselves mm -hmm. on almost 30 in a way that I've never been able to be myself in um, a job, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, I think that just having a platform, having an audience that we serve and we connect with, there is an energy when I am showing up to almost 30 that... Um, you know, has a little bit of a different flavor than if I'm showing up for my group of friends or my boyfriend or my family. And I think the difference of that flavor is more stepping into that leadership, stepping into um, really appreciating and honoring the gift that is serving this community in almost 30. So there's a little bit of a difference, but I feel super, <laughs> super lucky that they 
they overlap quite a bit. So I no longer have like a hangover after work where I'm like, oh, I didn't get to be myself all day. Um, Mm. Being ourselves is kind of why people love Almost 30 so much and just feel so connected to it. Mm -hmm. Nice. I love that. Uh, Krista, how about you? Yeah, that's a good question. I was really thinking about it. Um, And I think my identity is like Lindsay, like it's very narrowly there's not much of a difference, which is really like a goal that I had in my life was to feel like freedom to be able to be myself all the time. And I do think that I was able to really remove the total identification of me as the almost 30 person, probably in 2020, you know, we went through just like a hard time as the business um, Mm -hmm. of the business. I think everyone kind of went through a hard time in 2020. And I remember specifically in like a mushroom ceremony being like, oh my God, I need to like let go of the full identity of Krista of almost 30 and really like allow other parts of me to shine through. And I think really with almost 30, it's like, of course I'm the same person, but there's also like the thought of being like a forward facing public figure. If you're someone that's online, if you're someone that's public, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as you want to be, it isn't always good to show all sides of you. And I think I've really had to learn that because I used to like say every single thing I used to like bleed on, Mm -hmm. you know, when we were recording, I used to just say everything and, um, share everything. And I think as time progresses and as you see like the impact of your work and you see, yourself evolve, you realize that like, you kind of want to hold back a little bit more about some parts of your life. Um, but I'd say the person that's like me in person is definitely more goofy and playful and light. I think we go deep so quickly and being deep is like one of my favorite places to be. Cause I'm like a super deep person, but I think I'm a little bit more light and playful in person than like, I always get to show on the podcast. Cause we're like interested in getting to like the meat of the matter. Yeah, I, I I talk a lot about I and my guests because I always end up asking this question because I'm always so curious about it because podcasting is such an intimate space and it like there's something that happens when someone gets behind a mic, whether they're a guest or a host that I think just makes a different filter come out yeah. or like there's a lack of a filter in a certain way, yeah. unless you're super media trained, I guess. But um, yeah. I... I love to ask about boundaries and like how you do find that line. Like, is that now just, and this is a question for both of you, but is it now like more of just a intuition feeling that you're able to just know when it's too much and you don't want to cross that or yeah. What, what has been a little bit more of the process of that, especially for people listening who are trying to, tap into what their boundary is when they're in a public space Mm -hmm. or on social media, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think, you know, now it feels more intuitive, but for a while there, as Krista said, we were sharing quite a bit. And so Mm -hmm. there were times where I would share something pretty personal or maybe related to my family and I would get feedback from them feeling Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And I think the hardest thing to do is not to take that and turn it into a lot of shame and embarrassment and all of that and really use it as a conversation starter. And Mm -hmm. so even though it's hard for me at times to have a conversation with people I love about the fact that I have a public persona or a public life, um, at least public compared to theirs, um, 
those conversations are kind of difficult because I tend to, I tend to want to make them feel more comfortable than me feel comfortable. But lately I've just been learning that even just the conversation makes another feel heard, seen, acknowledged within your public world, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't really have an answer. I think just now I have a feeling of when, okay, so while I know that when I am sharing vulnerably and openly, um, a lot of people connect with it, I really have to check in before I share and ask myself, does this feel good? Is this um, not only valuable to other people, but is this share in alignment with who I am to people I really love? Uh, does this warrant a conversation with that person? Mm-hmm. Um, so it gets a little like complex, but I think it's worth it because I would never want to tarnish a relationship that I really value just because I was like flippantly sharing something quite personal. Yeah. And I think for, for me on boundaries, I think the boundary work has almost become something that just happens naturally energetically as I've done the self-worth work. And as I've done like self-love work, and I think it goes so Mm -hmm. hand in hand, it's like, as my boundaries were a little bit shakier, it was because I didn't really value myself as much. I didn't really love myself as much, or I didn't really have as much like awareness of how I was showing up in the world. And I was doing or sharing things because I was looking for validation and love from people. When now Mm. it's like, when I have validation and love for myself, no matter what the boundaries become easy because it's like, Oh, no matter what the response or reaction is from the audience, I'm going to love and honor myself. And back in the day when I would just like share everything, tell everything, be up at all hours, responding to people, you know, just kind of like fully bleeding almost for the audience. It was like, I was doing that because I didn't feel like what I was sharing or who I was, was worthy of love outside of service to others. And I was just completely serving the audience in like a way that wasn't really sustainable for me. And that's like a larger lesson. And I think when we look at boundaries or when we think about boundaries, there's always like a larger lesson. It's like, yes, boundaries need to be created and sustained, but also why is that boundary needing to be created? You know, for me, it was like, I didn't feel like I was interesting enough, or I didn't feel like I was worthwhile to be listened to, or I didn't feel like I had enough things to say that people would value or glean value from. So I felt like I had to serve them by sharing, by oversharing, by, you know, making fun of myself, by, being responsive to them 24 seven, rather than like just having my work speak for itself and having my work be valuable enough that like, I knew they would get value from it no matter what. So I was as important as I think boundaries are, I think when you have enough self-worth or self-love, the boundaries almost create themselves, you know, and when you're listening to your intuition enough too, it's like, we have people that we are, we interact with a lot of people all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're close enough to your intuition, you can be like, oh, that's a no, or that's a yes. And then it's almost like the boundary creates itself because that is what you're listening to over what anyone else wants from you. And I see this happen a lot within our industry and community where people are like, oh my God, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Mm-hmm. And either they're creating boundaries as like a response to something. So it's actually a lot of energy output for them to hold up a boundary that's a response rather than like a natural like self-worth boundary. 
And then also people will create boundaries when they should have conversations or they still need to do work. And it's like boundaries can show us where we're small or where we need to do work. So I really use them as that guide for myself of like where my self-worth needs to be increased. Um, but it's gotten so much better, you know, through therapy, through just the work that we do, um, where I feel like my boundaries feel really good. And then I also check in with them regularly. You know, I check in with them maybe every couple of days where I'm like, okay, what am I feeling like? Am I feeling like I'm aligned with sharing a lot right now? Am I feeling like aligned with not? Am I feeling like I want to, you know, Mm -hmm. talk about X, Y, and Z, and then just continue to check in with your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love both of those those responses and two things came up for me when I was listening to each of you. So I like this idea of like being when you're more in tune with your intuition, which takes a lot of practice and can look different for many people of like how they receive that. And that in and of itself builds the boundary. Right. But I also feel like, like what got me thinking, at least from my own experience is that it really is like this symbiotic relationship between when I, set a boundary that also builds my self-worth because I've set the boundary and it's a boundary that feels right, you know? And so I think that that's such an important piece. And then Lindsay, when I was listening to you kind of talk, especially about the family piece, because that's something that I have been reflecting on and wanting to think about and be really mindful of on my own podcast and in, in my own sharing of things, because there are these times when like your stories intersect with someone else's stories as I mean, that's what happens. We're social beings. So like we're different parts of each other's stories. And it's like, how much of it is it mine to share and how much of it isn't? And I think like one one thing I thought of as you were talking was if you're not willing to have a conversation directly with the person about that thing, that that part of the story off audio or off social, then it probably shouldn't be a part of social or audio. So I think that that's also like one little nugget that that came up for me too. That's hard though, too. You know, like speaking from someone that's done the latter where I've said things that like, I didn't talk to people about it's, you know, I mean, that is so hard. I had a situation happen recently where I said something on the thing that I didn't say in person and, you know, it caused an issue. And it's like, Cause in my head, I'm like, dang, that conversation's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Like that one's a hard one, you know? And sometimes the closer you are to people, the harder the conversation can be. Definitely. And yeah. I completely agree with you. And it's just like, it's so much easier to just run around and two to like be the victim to be like, oh my God, they did this to me. You know, this happened to me, blah, blah, blah. And, and sometimes there are things that are definitely worth like moments of victimhood for sure. I've experienced them in my life, but it's like, uh, it's so much easier to just talk shit, you know, <laughs> and be validated by people be like, oh my God, totally. That sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Then to like actually process and come to the conversation, own your responsibility. What um, about the situation you brought to the table? Like, dude, yeah, that is so hard. And I think some of the, it's so hard. And I think some of what comes up for other people, say, if you're talking about an experience with them, is that they don't have the opportunity to also say how they feel publicly. Right. So they're like, this is public and you're just giving your side. And um, I had that with a family member and um, it was just really interesting because I forget, I know it sounds stupid, but Mm -hmm. I forget that like what we do is is public. Yeah. It's very weird because it's so intimate Mm -hmm. at times Mm -hmm. that it like, I kind of just, yeah, lose that awareness. Well, cause it's us just talking, but you know what I had a, sorry, this is like a very fresh insight. So I had the, that thought too, 
where I actually, there was that situation where I said something publicly about a family member that I didn't talk to them about. And I realized that their anger was more about people's perception of them Mm. versus what I actually felt. Mm -hmm. So I actually still stand a little bit with what I said. It's not like I'm, I find I'm finding any way to validate myself. My ego is really good at that, (laughs) but I did find the reason why I was deeply upset because I was like, Oh, wow. You're actually so upset about Mm -hmm. what people think of you changing rather than how I actually feel and actually what I was saying. And I think that's really hard too, on the other Mm -hmm. side, to be a person that's hearing things about you and actually hear what's going on. Like, oh, how has this affected them rather than like, oh my God, everyone thinks I'm this and it. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. I, I'm also now thinking of that. There was this wonderful quote that came out of that episode, uh, your birthday episode, Lindsay, where you said it is a much, it, I wrote it down. What is it? It's, um, it is a much more peaceful existence to take responsibility. And I was like, Oh, I definitely have to have to write that for reference. But yeah, well, that's a good one. can you can you talk a little bit more about that? And the just kind of the experience of knowing that now more so than you feel like you did in the past? Yeah, I think um, it's easier to blame other people for how you're feeling. Um, But I think the long-term effects are incredibly uncomfortable and actually end up stunting your growth and creating like actual blocks within like your energetic Mm -hmm. and emotional system. So... um, you know, what taking responsibility can look like are those hard conversations. And within those hard conversations, you know, using the I statements of, you know, I experienced you in this way. And my experience is this. I would love to open up the conversation to what your experience was. You know, it's it's the language around these conversations is so important um, because I've noticed that if I am using language that directs the blame outside of myself, it automatically puts up a wall, it automatically triggers someone, and no longer is there an opening for connection and understanding. So just in any way that I can, it's not about making myself feel like I have to carry everything and everything's my fault or whatever, but it's really empowering Mm -hmm. to know that, okay, like I can be responsible for my experience in this moment. I can't control how people react. I can't control other people's experiences, but I can really um, own my own experience. And within conversation, I can connect with someone on my own experience to hopefully empower them to share their own experience rather than to place the blame on me. So um, mm. it's something that like I practice in real time. It's, it's not always perfect, but um, it's just... I walk away feeling much more peaceful than allowing my anxiety of, I feel like when we blame other people, like our energy is like out there. It's kind of like running around. It's like attached to those people in those instances. And so it just creates this like anxious buzz. And I walk away from those conversations, like just feeling anxious. And so even if it's hard to take responsibility, even if, you know, it's not something I'm used to. I do walk away just feeling that much more peaceful and just like on my own side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say that Lindsay's taught me this. Like I wasn't someone that really could come to conversations that were hard and I would take responsibility behind the scenes. Like in my head, I would always be like, okay, you know, 
it's just like kind of the way that I work, but I wouldn't in person. Like I would always kind of wait till they apologized or wait till they said something. Mm -hmm. And it's changed every conversation that I've had. And I thought that I wouldn't feel better after them. I thought that I'd feel defeated. I thought that I would feel like I got taken advantage of or that I wasn't seen or heard. But when you do to, it is like the conversation completely changes when you come in and you take responsibility. Like I've noticed it in my husband. I've noticed it in Lindsay. I noticed it in my family. It's like, it completely disarms people. And especially for people that are at all parts of the spectrum of their emotional ability to work in conflict, like, you know, my family, which doesn't have as much like wherewithal through like all of this that like we've been lucky enough to have. And then from people that are super like advanced, it just works across the spectrum. And it's Mm -hmm. so important. It's changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. I I like, I appreciate the nuance in which I feel like you both just touched on because I think that it can be also this like tough dichotomy of taking responsibility, but also not necessarily absolving harm that was done uh, onto you. And I think that can be really tough sometimes. And, and, you know, you also see, because I definitely try and practice the I statement things. And that can be really difficult sometimes, especially if you're in like super trigger mode. And it's something that I know I'm working on in my relationship and learning to apologize more and like figuring out how to differentiate between apologizing and then also not letting that apology mean that everything that happened was okay um, at the same time, you know? Yeah. I think that's huge. And I think that's where it can get tricky a little bit where it's like, I sometimes, cause I'm very um, stubborn's not the word, but I'm just very like, I can be very hot. Mm. Like I have a Sagittarius moon. I can just be very hot. <laughs> And so sometimes I'll have to wait till I'm actually to the point where I truthfully in my heart feel like there's something I need to apologize for. Sometimes it takes a while, Mm. but that's usually where I start. But then I can sort through like what's mine and what's theirs. But you do have to be really mindful, especially as women. I think we we can sometimes take that a little too seriously and literally where we're taking responsibility for everything that like may not be ours. So you have to have the partner that also meets you in in that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I actually the woman part is where I struggle is sometimes I I think I might overcorrect to the point of like, mm. I feel like you're expecting me to apologize for this because women are just taught to apologize and like feel like it's our fault for all these things. So like I'll get stuck in that kind of like almost it's almost like an identity crisis thing because of what society's put on us gendered wise that it makes it harder for me to... Mm admit in those moments if like maybe I I should apologize more and and Lindsay I know it looked like you had something to add too yeah no that's such a good a really good point and I just wanted to add well one I'm reading a book right now called difficult conversations how to discuss what matters most and I heard about it through an episode of Tim Ferriss with Sheila Sheila Heen and um Mm. Anyway, she talks about how to start these difficult conversations without that defensive start. Um, and it was really interesting. So highly recommend that. But um, I was just going to say as well that I've learned my style of processing and everyone everyone's is different, but I need time. And so I can be have an emotional reaction to something 
and I'll probably go up and down and up and down and then kind of find like the middle and like that middle, which I know that feeling is when I am best equipped to have that conversation. Um, and I am most likely not going to come in like Chris has said, hot or a little like emotionally all over the place. And I just feel better as well. So I, I just want to encourage people to really tune into like what your um, cadence of processing is and what you need. Do you need time? Do you need to just ask this person, hey, I just need, I need like a day. I would love to have this conversation, you know, over breakfast tomorrow. Or, you know, you could mm -hmm. even schedule it. It can be, you know, as structured as you need it to be. But I think sometimes as women, especially, we feel like, okay, we need to fix this right now. Like, okay, like, let me just take the blame. Let me, you know, kind of get through this so that nothing is out of order or feeling uncomfortable or uneasy. But just, I, I think my conversations have changed because I've asked for what I needed as far as my processing. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I, I want to also make sure I ask this piece, especially because Krista, when you were kind of reflecting on the boundary uh, part of our conversation, you brought up how like in the beginning, you know, there, there was, there were less boundaries and, and kind of the reasons that, that that was there. And I know that you two met at SoulCycle and, you know, there's like the little bit on your web, the little bit that we hear on the website of that meeting. But I think what I'm most interested in hearing from each of you is you met and then there was some moment progression where the two of you decided to have a podcast together. And so I want to know, like, like, what did you two each see in each other? What was like the knowing there with each other for each of you about the other person that it was like, this just feels right. Or like, I feel like this is reflected back in this person. Yeah. I think it's something it's, it's one of those things that even with my husband, it's like hard to talk about because I pray in my life that everyone can experience this. But, you know, with Lindsay, it's like, I always think I'm like, she's the most amazing person in the world. But even if she sucked, we'd probably still be together because <laughs> our souls are literally so connected. I think oh. about like, sometimes I'm like, wow, like even if she was, I'm like, it sucks. But even if she was toxic, we would be together. Mm. Like, because our souls just like have spent so many lifetimes together. And what I think it was for me was like, feeling like I'm someone that it takes a long time for me to feel safe with people as much as people would think that's not true. It is. It takes me so, so long. And I'm very intuitive to when people are paying attention to me or listening to me truthfully from their heart. Mm -hmm. And I don't often feel like someone is genuinely listening or paying attention to me or interested in what I'm saying because we're all so in our heads. And I felt like with Lindsay, it was like just someone that was like actually cared about what I had to say, who I was. And when Lindsay's like listening to you, there's like no preconceived notions. There's no, like, it's just going straight in her head and in her heart and then out her mouth. There's no like filter. There's no, usually when people come to conversations, they're bringing a lot of stories. They're bringing a lot of baggage. They're bringing a lot of preconceived notions or perceptions. Mm -hmm. And she just really is listening from the heart. And that was something that was really meaningful to me. So when we met, we were at this like nexus in our life where I had tried so hard to be a soul cycle instructor. I had quit my full-time job, moved to LA. I was nannying and serving and doing all this stuff. And Lindsay was going through her own transitions in her life and in her relationship. And um, it just felt like we had created such a safe space together to really explore like this time and feel less alone. 
And I had been a fan of podcasts for years. I had listened on the subway in New York, <laughs> like every day, probably for two and a half hours. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I love how much value I'm getting by do, living my day to day and just listening to people. And there's something so special about the voice and about hearing people. And so I was like, you know, do you want to start a podcast? And I never thought I would have a podcast. I never thought it would be the thing, but I think it was really that soul connection. And then, you know, validated through like our really intentional listening and mindfulness of each other and our experience that we were going through. Dang. Thanks. <laughs> I love I love these types of interviews where we get to love on one another. I know. It's so true. It's a good relationship. Like. <laughs> Sometimes we don't invest in our relationship enough, so we do on these interviews. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I think, you know, as Krista said, like, we have just spent so many lifetimes together. And so when we met, you know, what what I felt from Krista was this, like, this fire and desire to be creative, to take risks and to really like put what she's dreaming of into action. And I think that for someone like me, that is the type, I'm an Aries North node. She doesn't have a lot of Aries, but like that fire of Aries was, was what I felt from her. And so it really helped me to believe in myself. I feel like she's always done that for me where she is a beautiful mirror with no judgment and just, always holding my highest and truest expression in her heart and calling me to that with a lot of love. And so I felt that from the beginning where, you know, she had the, she had the skills around business organization structure and, you know, reaching out to partners and like all of this corporate experience that was like so needed Mm -hmm. in what we were doing And it helped me to kind of give a form to like this wild creative energy that I've always had. And so it's been really beautiful to, yeah, just constantly be inspired by her at every level of our evolution of almost 30, of us individually, of our friendship. Um, And yeah, I just feel so lucky that truly there's never a season that goes by where she and I aren't learning something about ourselves through our relationship with one another and we joke because we're like can we just have a break (laughs) because it's like holy shit but it's it's so powerful and I wouldn't (laughs) want to do it with anyone else and it's um an awareness that I'm really grateful for because I I feel like a lot of people go through life and they're just like yeah they're my best friend they're you know La, 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 la. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. like this bitch is taking me through like levels of my evolution. She's seeing all this. She's supporting me through it. And it's just, yeah, something that I never thought about wanting, right? Like consciously wanting. And then mm-hmm. it arrives and you're like, whoa, like how do I, how do I do life without someone like this? Yeah. Have you, so have you two like ever had to deal with like a major conflict between each other or is it more so you two against conflicts together or maybe both? I don't know. I think both for sure. You know, like being public figures, you have to sort of be like a united front, but it's never, see, that's, it's, what's interesting is like, 
we've never let it get to the point where it was like a major conflict where we were like yelling or mad or screaming or whatever. But, you know, for the first couple of years, we had this like low level anxiety around each other because we would, I was feeling like my patterning in my, the way that I grew up was like, I have to do everything. I have to carry it all on my shoulders. You know, if I don't do it, no one will. Mm -hmm. And Lindsay's was, what was yours, Lindsay? Mine was just like feeling unworthy to actually like help you help us carry both, you know, both of us carry it. Feeling unworthy to shine and like to support us in the business. So Mm -hmm. it was all of that. And so we would constantly like bring that up in each other where I felt like I was, you know, doing this and she felt like she was doing this. And so it wasn't like a major conflict, but it was a lot of uncomfortable conversations and situations where we had to be like, Hey, I'm experiencing you as this. I'm experiencing myself as this. We need to work on it. And we got support through a coach, Aaron Rose, who we work with, and then both of us in therapy individually, which is huge. But I think the important piece was like speaking up. We definitely should have spoken up sooner, but I think the important piece was like actually speaking up and like coming from like a heart centered place of like, this is what I'm bringing. This is what I'm experiencing. Are you experiencing this too? And then like, once you're aware of the patterning, and this is what's good about self-responsibility is you can be like, Hey, I know that, you know, that sometimes you hide in situations. I'm experiencing you doing that. Like, I'd love to support you and not, or, Hey, I know that your pattern is to feel like you have to do everything on your own. I'm experiencing you doing that now, right now. How can I help you? Mm. And when you take self-responsibility, then people can actually help you. Cause otherwise it's like, you're trying to change everyone and trying to like make everyone fit to who you are. But we do a lot of work on our relationship. And that's because we've gone so deep in like our work together. And so you really have to like be honest, be upfront. And it's not always like easy, you know, it's not always like super fun, but I've never, I've gone deep with women, but I've never gone deep in the way where I've, I've gone deep where I've told them everything. I've like shared my heart, but I've never really gone through conflict with women together and made it out through tons of conflict Mm whether it's outside or inside our relationship Mm -hmm. and then still like loved each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she said it and I'll just add, (laughs) um, (laughs) I'll add that. Yeah. I think that not only my relationship with Krista, but just the relationship with women in general as reflected in like the almost 30 community has been super healing. And again, Mm -hmm. it's that modeling of, we can be ourselves, we can grow alongside one another, make mistakes, we can have these hard conversations and still feel seen and loved and supported. And I think that's what stopped me in the past. Like I never, I never really saw that growing up. I never really had that experience with other women. And so like even like even recently we had a conversation where it was like hard and it was emotional. And like, we could both walk away from it being like, wow, like I'm so loved, you know, there was no judgment. And like, and I think that's what difficult conversations just require is just like that really open heart, you know, and it's vulnerable. It's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. not easy, but, um, I think like with every one of those, I'm just like, oh man, I feel like little healed, you know, I'm like, just feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking it's kind of interesting because I think sometimes 
we can confuse depth in a relationship with with how much has been shared because I don't necessarily I'm just like reflecting on past relationships I've also had and some of those past relationships that haven't you know stuck around for even despite them being so like quote unquote deep at the time and like really being like vulnerable in a certain sense of how much you're actually sharing with the person but I think that I also too am learning as I get older and have my relationships kind of evolve is that piece of being able to deal with conflict and also make the effort to bring up conflict or like issues that you're having is more of a marker of intimacy and closeness than actually sharing a really vulnerable like piece of your story with someone. 100%. That was like my life where I was like, and you know, I've shared deeply with people. Um, but now that I've gotten older and I've done more like work in therapy, I really actually, there's a lot that I haven't shared with people, but there is that. And especially with social mm-hmm. media where you can get a false sense of sense of intimacy with people when you're getting online and you're sharing things that you're going through are really hard things. There is a real sense of intimacy that can be created, but then there's also a false sense where you're like, Oh, I shared something from my heart that felt true. I'm feeling like I'm connected mm-hmm. to my Instagram community because I'm sharing this thing, or I feel like I'm connected to this person because I'm sharing this thing. But like, I've realized that real intimacy is sharing the things that you like, or it's like experiencing and going through the things that you don't want to go through. And then it's sharing the things that you like, don't want to share. You know, it's like when we have the things we do want to share, a lot of times we just kind of want to feel seen and heard and, and supported, which is so important, but it's like, what is like the next layer of like the thing that like you don't want to tell anyone and how can you be seen and held through that experience? So I have news. I am in love and it's with August period products and at the risk of TMI, it has been a long time since I have felt comfortable on my period. I have really sensitive skin and pads and tampons have consistently made me feel more irritated And it wasn't until I found out about August that I learned that these period products that many of us have been using for a long time have these toxic plastics in them. Then the first time I used an August product, I immediately noticed a difference. The August ones are 100% organic cotton, and they are so comfy and soft and gentle on my skin during an already not exactly relaxing part of the month. Plus, I learned that most period products take five to eight centuries to decompose. Like, what? But August pads are fully biodegradable in six to 12 months. August is changing the narrative to establish that periods are powerful. After all, periods make human life possible. And I definitely believe and agree that it's about time we have an inclusive brand that is committed to more sustainable, absorbent, comfortable, and even impactful period care. They are affordable, you can purchase them on an as-needed basis, or you can sign up for their monthly or quarterly subscription service. Plus, every purchase with August, they donate products and 10% of their profits to their nonprofit partners to serve menstruators in need. And you can receive 10% off your purchase by entering my code PODBROADS10. Check out itsaugust.co today, or find them on social media at itsaugust, and start feeling more comfortable on your period. I know I finally do. We've been talking a bit about, you know, self-evolution and I'd be curious to see just because, 
you two have now been been in the game for a while. Your podcast has been around for, oh my goodness, am I remembering the hundreds correctly? Is it like in the three hundreds now, or four sixty baby? Four sixty. I was about to say it was either it was either three hundred or four hundreds. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember, but I was like, damn, that's impressive. Um, but I know I suspect that your podcast itself has been through its own evolutions, and you, you two, I know know a lot about like astrology and things like that. And I'm like, hmm, what's your podcast astrology chart? And like, what what evolutions has it gone through? Yeah, up to this point. <laughs> She's a triple Virgo, baby. She's a triple Virgo. <laughs> so what does that mean? For Would her? you expect anything less? Um, man, oh. oh, man. She's beautiful. She's organized. <laughs> she's she's quite serious at times when she needs to be serious. Um, yeah, I think she she serves humanity in a way that is um, pure. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, Krista? Yeah, we did our astrology for our um, for almost thirty of the entities. So, if anyone who's listening, if you have a business or you have a passion project or you have a blog or an Instagram or a book or a product, you know, when you launch it into the world, you can go see the astrology of that entity and almost 30, you know, is something that both Lindsay and I kind of see as an entity, as its own energy and thing. And we serve what it wants. So we looked up the astrology of almost 30 when we first launched our first episode six years ago. And yeah, it's a triple Virgo. So Virgo sun, Virgo rising, Virgo moon. I'm a Virgo rising. Mm -hmm. Lindsay's a Virgo sun. And I think it really just like speaks to I feel like we seek to be like the best user experience as far as like internally with people on our team, externally with our vendors and clients, externally with our community. And I love the Virgo aspect of like Virgo show up in the world, just poised, professional, and like they have it all together, but sometimes we don't. But I just feel like the energy of almost 30 being something that's like, I don't know. It's just... It feels right because everyone I love in my life is like a Virgo. I didn't realize that, but we have like 12 birthdays at one time. It's like wild. So, but it's fun to do. I love that. Um, I also love on your website, you show your like first cover art choice so you can see the progression. Oh my God. I I so appreciate seeing the like, just the growth pieces because I mean, yeah, you go to your website and you're like, holy shit, these these women have it together. Like it looks so fucking good and like, you know, very (laughs) intentional and thoughtful and fun and like professional and all that. So it's like really helpful, I think for people at all stages of what they're working on, especially, I mean, we're here talking about podcasts, but like hearing the inception point and how much it can actually change within honestly, four years isn't, isn't a long time. Um, though it feels like it sometimes during the process feels quick, quick and, and not quick all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we just celebrated, I guess it's now five years, but we'll say four years for the next four years and then we'll switch (laughs) to like five. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I've been, I feel like I've been like shown these memories in my phone recently of like early days of the podcast. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, not, not only is it helpful for other people to be like, wow, okay, that's relatable. Like I can do this and mm-hmm. I love that. And it's also a good reminder for us. It's like, wow, you know, on days when we're finding 
everything wrong where we're like, oh, we need to fix that. We need to do this. We haven't done this Mm -hmm. yet. It's like a good reminder to realize like, wow, we like prayed for this. We prayed for an incredible team. We prayed Mm -hmm. for to be able to go full time with the podcast. We prayed for this guest. We prayed for this type of partnership. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would definitely encourage people to like maybe go back even in your phone memories like two, three years ago and just see like what pops up and, and where you can like show a little bit of like grace and celebration for just how far you've come, you know? Yeah. You should always be like a little embarrassed when you look at your old stuff, (laughs) you know, it's like, you don't want to be like waiting until it's like perfect and like amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and also too, like we created it, we did launch our website, I think in January of this year, I don't even know. And when we did it, we're like, oh my God, best thing ever. And then two months go by and you're just like like, (laughs) over it. Like that's, that's how it is. You know, you just evolve, you grow and you should kind of be a little embarrassed of like your very first work because you just want to mm-hmm. launch when like it feels good and not wait till it's like perfect and ready. And I do think that like perspective that Lindsay brought in is very Virgo for us to always look for the thing that's wrong and like try and focus on like what we can do to fix it. And this past couple months, I've been like, wow, there are so many things about our business right now that are a freaking dream. Like Lindsay and I have more free time than ever. We have more teammates that we trust than ever. We have more like creative space than ever. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I think we want things to happen like overnight where we're like, I want this, I want that. And then we don't be, we don't realize when it's happening over time and all the things that we've been asking for have been slowly happening over time, but because it wasn't overnight, we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens a lot with people when we're wishing and like trying to manifest things is that it eventually happens. But if it doesn't happen very quickly, we're like, we don't really realize it. Right. Right. Definitely. I, that piece about perfectionism and, you know, waiting almost to a fault to like putting out what you want to put out into the world. And I recently saw, I can't remember who said it, but I was like, yes, this is great. And it just resonated with what you said. Um, The thing that you're putting out into the world, especially in podcasting, like it should be able to evolve. And if it can evolve, then is it really a show that is going to be able to go all the way? Like if you just are keeping Mm -hmm. it stagnant the whole time, you're not evolving or getting you know, experimental with sounds, with structure, with the types of conversations you're having or things like that, then it's like, that almost puts you at a disadvantage or a deficit. So. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think perfectionism, um, I've noticed, and I have that, I, I think it's just like, it's part of my, (laughs) part of my chart. I feel like Virgos have like a perfection thing going on. Um, but I just have noticed like that it's really robbed me of so many, um, so many opportunities to like really be myself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause like none of us, like we're, none of us are perfect, obviously. And I feel like the pursuit to like be perceived as perfect or having it all together or whatever um, has kept me from that full expression because mm. I'm so concerned with how other people see me. Um, and I'm just like over and over, like abandoning myself. So, um, I honor that part of me that seeks perfection in certain things. I love beautiful things. I love creating an environment that feels really beautiful. I love clothes. I love <laughs> this. I love that. 
But when it comes to my expression, I've been really, really practicing the awareness around, okay, am I, am I holding back because I need it to look a certain way in order for people to, um, for it to be palatable for, for everyone? Or am I like really letting it rip and seeing what comes of it when I'm fully like in reverence to my full expression? Mm -hmm. So, um, it's tricky because it can be very yeah. useful and very detrimental. 100%. Um, so, so what's an intention you two have for your podcast in this next year of its life? I think our mission has always been, you know, the same is like to help people in their evolution. And Lindsay and I, that was really our goal to help people in our own evolution. You know, as we were evolving and growing and changing, we didn't feel like we saw the support or like even the acknowledgement that that was good and that was normal. I always felt like so weird in my life. Cause I was, I, my husband always laughs at me. He's like, cause one time we were like hanging out. I was like, what were your different like phases in, in high school? Like I had a goth phase. I had a weed smoking phase. I had like, <laughs> yeah. a cool phase. I had a nerd phase. And he's like, I literally had no phases. I was always just like me. And I'm like, okay, that I didn't realize that that was weird to like be changing so much, but we wanted to show people that like you can evolve and grow and that's acceptable and that's good. And I think as we go into 2021 after like so much change for the collective in 2019 and 2020, and, and even in 2021, I think it's going to be to like push the envelope a little bit more to really expand the mindset for people and just be like a little bit more on the edge of what Lindsay and I are seeing and perceiving and uh, feeling, because I feel like right now it's even more important than ever to like, you know, provide a different perspective because I feel like there's a very dominant perspective in the world right now that I think people are very hip to. And I think it's always important that we provide different perspectives. So I think it's going to be a little bit more of like, yeah, a little bit more controversial maybe is the word to put it out there and just continue to help people evolve through the contrast of seeing different experiences. Because I feel like right now there's so many dominant ones that we want to be a place where people can see and hear different ones. Yeah. I'll echo that. I was just thinking about like really defining or redefining for ourselves, like what leadership mm -hmm. is in the position mm -hmm. that we're in. And, um, I think to Chris's point, that does mean having conversations and expressing ourselves in ways that feel a little bit mm. scary because they're not being talked about that often in the mainstream. So, um, yeah, my intention is just to continue to trust ourselves and the community and those that have yet to find almost 30 that they will glean and absorb and take to heart what's meant to be taken to heart by them and not worry so much about being the podcast for mm -hmm. everyone. You know, I don't think we, we believe that, but you know, sometimes you get caught up in like, Oh no, like, are people going to say something about this? Are we going to get feedback about this? And I don't, my intention is to not get distracted by that and to really stay on mission. Next week on the Pod Broads. Season one was about utopian experiments. And it was really interesting. And we tried to cover lots of different kinds of experiments from all around the world. And they fell into some pretty similar patterns. You could kind of watch, you know, 
for a lot of these, even though they all fell apart in nominally different ways, it was like, either there, you know, these communities were run by a charismatic leader who ages or goes crazy or loses track of his flock and, you know, the, the center cannot hold and the whole thing falls apart. Or it's like a consortium of people and they can't get along and then the whole thing falls apart and by the end of it i was just like what the fuck like can we not live together like are are we getting in our own way of utopia and it was funny because people would be like oh it's a podcast about utopias or no they'd be like oh it's a podcast about cults i'm like no 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 it's a pro it's a podcast about how humans like can't get along that's Avery Truffleman talking about season one of the podcast, Nice Try, which she hosts. And next episode on the Pod Rods, she also shares about season two of Nice Try, which recently launched. You might also know her from 99% Invisible, Articles of Interest, and my personal favorite, The Cut. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the Pod Rods wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you'll never miss an episode. Let's get it. Okay, first question I have is for Lindsay, and I uh, I'm excited to see what you'll say for this because I was excited to see that you sing. I'm also I'm also a singer, and so I'm always I feel like there's so many singers in podcasting, but like mm-hmm. it's not the main thing that we're doing. But we just have like a past life or like a current just like enjoyment life of it. Um, Comfortable on the microphone, you guys yeah. like work mm-hmm. the microphone. It's crazy. It's very true. Um, so. Would you rather be able to perform a duet with one of your favorite singers or would you rather be able to act alongside one of your favorite actors for singer particular gig singer? Yeah. Yeah. Who would, who would it be? Do you have a, someone who comes to mind? Oh my God. Or someone's. (laughs) I know. I know it's hard. It's, I couldn't narrow down, but maybe you can give me like a top three in this moment. The top three that first come to your mind. You like Yabba. Yeb is amazing. She would shut shut me down. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Yeb is incredible. I love, I've been thinking a lot lately about collaborating with like a spoken word artist on mm. like a song where obviously I'm singing, but um, he's not a spoken word artist, but he's a rapper, singer, but Londrell, um, our friend Aaron Rose introduced me to him. Um, oh. But yeah, I just think Oh man, there's nothing better because because of like literal harmony, like yeah. the body and the heart just fucking love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. I, I can't describe it, but it's like when you are singing with other people and it just is like vibing and harmonic. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's almost like listening to four thirty two hertz. You're just like, oh, <laughs> this is natural. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Um, Krista, would you rather, would you rather be able to visit all the places in the world that you want to travel before you die at the end of your life, just be able to go to all the places, um, but never be able to go anywhere more than once? Or would you rather be able to choose five places to only ever get to visit again in your life and have those be the places you go on like vacation to or things oh like that. Oh my God. First 100%. Really? I never need to go anywhere again. 
I tell my husband that all the time. I'm like, dude, I never need to like, or even people are like, do you, I never want to go to the same place again? It, mm-hmm. I just, if I could go anywhere in the world all the time, that would be my preference. Oh my God. What, what are, <laughs> wait, no, go ahead. <laughs> I just feel like I'm like, I have so many. I want to go to all the vortices, vortices, vortices in the world. I don't think I even know what that means. What, what is so that? So it's like an energetic <laughs> vortex. So if we think about the way the earth was like, the way the earth is, there uh-huh. are like, there's grids over the earth of energy. And yeah. there are some places oh, yeah. that have like a greater energetic signature, like the pyramids, like Giza, like Sedona, like um, Esvedra in Ibiza. And so going to those places, that's where they have a lot of um, religious or historical sites over mm-hmm. time because different cultures and peoples have leveraged the energy of the vortices to create like really beautiful things like yeah. the pyramids. So I want to just see all of those and I don't know. I just, there's so much to see and discover. And I guess you could see and discover more if you go over time, but I just love to travel. So I do the the Mm. first for sure. Okay. Okay. I'm about to say something that's potentially really weird, but what you just said made me think of it. The, the energetic grid stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. You might be the right audience for this, but have either of you ever experienced this? And I just realized I I haven't experienced it in a while. So maybe I'm out of touch with something, but when I was younger, if I like focused, but unfocused at the same time, I'd be able to like see an energetic grid, like just in the space around me. Okay. You're nodding your head. So, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, what do they call it? It's called, um, something attention. It's like soft, it's some soft attention or something where you're uh, focusing, but you're also relaxing your focus at the same time. Yeah. And then it kind of allows you things to get like a little bit cloudy and you're able to like sort of tap into like the world that's unseen. Cause yeah. you know, thinking about, we only see with our eyes, like 90 or like 5% of like the actual light band and energy that exists on the world. Mm. And so there's so much that's unseen with our eyes that really exists. So you can totally see that. That's probably also like the matrix. <laughs> right. You're seeing, I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing the current prison that I live in. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was like, you should oh, tap into shit. that. That's mm-hmm. cool. I know. I was like, what is this power I have? I've definitely like wow. not, not explored it. But I remember like there were times when I was younger where I was like, am I like crazy like seeing this right now? Wow. Or does, do other people see this? That's so cool. Oh, oh, my goodness. It is the Matrix. Okay. So, uh, would you rather for both of you to answer? And I am going to preface by saying that I see these as things that can communicate and be intertwined with each other, but as different things. So would you rather never feel the urge to compare yourself to someone else again, or never have to go through experiencing the emotion of jealousy again? Um, I think that I would never want to experience comparing myself to someone else again. Um, Mm. Yeah, we've been talking about this a little bit recently on like Mm -hmm. just that feeling of jealousy and how it can actually be something that you can really work with and use as kind of like a point of reference for maybe how you're not um, pursuing or filling your own desires. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think the first one. Yeah, I think I compare more. Or like the feeling of comparisons like – I feel, I feel gross and icky. Like, I just feel like, 
And you can just go, go on these trails. Like yeah. you just find something to compare and then you're off on this trail of like where you lose yourself and jealousy. I don't feel like I feel jealous as much. I feel like jealousy was almost unconscious for me for a while until I brought my jealousy to consciousness. Mm-hmm. Jealousy would be something that would sort of run, run parts of my life where like you feel like you're spiteful to people. You don't want the best for them. You see them as more valuable than you. So I think becoming conscious, it's harder to have from, from my perspective, jealousy sort of come up and appear because you have like awareness of what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. I like both those answers. I feel like I like had a deja vu moment while you were answering as well. It's kind of cool. <laughs> um, okay. If, if almost 30 was a cocktail, what would it be? Or a drink and a beverage? Um, it's a great question. Non-alcoholic because we don't really drink. Mm-hmm. Um, kombucha, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, me and Lindsay used to fucking drink. I used to drink like five kombuchas a day. Really? And I'm like what, dude? It was That's crazy. intense. <laughs> it was a lot. It was like it probably made me sick. But maybe a kombucha. We maybe be like a little kombucha. We always drink sparkling water. Probably mm-hmm. some sort of sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Something freaking boring. <laughs> or not. Boring, but a little fun. <laughs> Spindrift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. We'd be one of our sponsored brands, Sparkling Beverages. <laughs> oh, I love it. What uh, would you be? What drink would you be? What would I be? Oh, God. See, I, I dish the, the questions out, and then I don't even think about what my answer would be. There um, you go. I know. I'm like, for the pod bras, what would the pod bras be? Because I feel like it's also like a little fun, a little serious a little mm. a little reflective um which i guess technically all drinks are pretty reflective if you put them in the right light um but it's not me i i'm i personally am a french 75 but i don't know if i could say my mm. podcast is a french 75 but i don't know i remember I that on my bartending test oh yeah didn't get it <laughs> right. is a french 75 I don't even know. It's um, it's gin with champagne and lemon uh, juice. So it's 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 double alcohol, but it's delicious and refreshing. So you just have to Ooh. be careful with it if you're going to drink it. So, <laughs> um, okay. Final question is, uh, what is something? Oh, you're going to answer this about each other. So, what is something that we would be surprised to learn about the other person, like? Off, off the podcast, off social media. That's a good one. I know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> that you're comfortable sharing about the other person mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> I think that sometimes that people would be surprised of like your Gemini moon. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like every once in a while, Lindsay's Lindsay has Gemini moon. So every once in a while, Lindsay will just fucking be like very <laughs> direct about something, or very like opinionated, <laughs> or very like very just feel some type of way very clearly. And mm. not that she doesn't feel that, but it's just like, there's this like energy of her Gemini moon that sometimes comes out. That's like really fun. <laughs> it's a very, it's very fun. Cause she's so sweet and kind and nice. And like, you know, so it's like every once in a while, there's like a little bit of spice, which is fun. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Um, Man, oh man, I feel like people would be surprised. Um, mm, I feel, I mean, so many things. Like, 
I feel like your, your psychic ability, you'll probably share more and more, but like, it's Mm. like, I we're around each other all the time and just in contact. And so psychic ability is always on, um, and running also that I love, I love driving with Krista because sometimes we'll get somewhere. We're like, how did we get here? (laughs) Wait, I'm a terrible, she's not a terrible driver, driver, but she's just like, she's just, she fucking drives. She just doesn't. I'm just, I'm really bad. Like I'm like, my husband is like, she'll be like, whoops. (laughs) I literally 24 seven. I'm like, oof. My guides are like, yo, this is, we're working overtime for the way that you drive. I am a really bad driver. So I think, yeah, people would, people may think that I'm a good driver, but I'm a bad driver. It's funny because the the combination of the two things you said, Lindsay, I first took that as like, you don't know where you're going to end up, but you're letting your just like psychic self just lead you there. And then all of a sudden you end up somewhere else. I was like, that's kind of a perfect combination. Um, I love that. <laughs> so, so where can my listeners find you both? How can they support the work that you're doing? All that related stuff. Yeah, you can listen to Almost 30, Almost 30 podcast anywhere you can, you find podcasts. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. That's where we're sharing just a lot of funny memes and inspiration and, um, yeah, connecting with you all on a regular basis. Um, you can learn more about Almost 30 and our offerings at almost30.com. I'm on Instagram at Lindsay Simsick. And I'm at It's Krista. And this has been so much fun. I feel like, yeah, this has been such a pleasure. I'm so glad we got to hang. I feel so lucky that we get to do this. Our original music is produced by Carrie Blue. The cover art was designed by Elsa Bermudez. And everything else is produced and edited by me, myself, and I, Miss Alexandra Cole. And you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at Podraland. And you can find out more of what I do at www.podraland.com. Sign up for my newsletter for more recommendations of women-hosted podcasts, related news, and special updates about this podcast. And finally, make sure to share this episode. Tag us in it, like that shit, give it a review. Anything you do helps not just this podcast get more exposure, but also helps these women's voices be heard by way more people. And ultimately, that's my goal. So let's fucking do it. thought and then it just completely just completely exited my brain i know it's a virgo thing oh oh yes i do remember um